to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. I kept Kleenex in business in the late 90s. Mike Awesome might have fucked Tanaka's wife. But just say no to this pay-per-view. Wait, were you making a death joke? Told you we should have gone to the donkey show. Stop choking yourself. It's either death or defecation. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Mark Cats? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm Adam. I'm your designated host. And... Introducing, at this time, from the suburban South Park section of Northern California, a duo that drinks IPAs and can satisfy their wives for days. The ripped, chiseled, and jacked, drunk wrestling historians. This is Eddie. Step off. I'm doing the hump. And this is Scott. Educating the masses, one drink at a time. I now know what Joel Gertner looks like. (laughs) (laughs) What he looks like? I mean, I haven't seen him yet in any of the stuff that we've reviewed. Oh. uh, And I always hear the name being mentioned, but now I have a face and apparently that body to uh, attach to it. Adam, that would be amazing if that was your Halloween costume. (laughs) <laughs> just come as Joel Gertner and make inappropriate jokes all night what? Save, it, save it for next year though dude because there's no Halloween party at my house this year I'm going to be in New York on Halloween lucky Let, let's see yeah, let's see the potential's there we'll, we'll see what happens that's brilliant though <laughs> yeah but uh, anyways uh, welcome everyone to Drunk Wrestling History got uh, a fun pay-per-view episode review uh, that we got planned for you so grab yourself a nice beverage, uh, kick back, and enjoy. Uh, we're going to this little event called SummerSlam in Vegas, so I'm pretty much trying to cut out Summer any Slam. excess spending, uh, which includes eating out leading up to that, because that's the place to freaking go for it. Vegas, baby! Vegas. Hell yeah. Well, we were gonna, we were gonna, um, we were, we were gonna plug the Vegas trip later in the show, but what? since it's come up now, fuck it. Let's plug it now. Let's plug, guys, we can plug it again, but hey, you're into you it. You guys, I hope you're on a plane on the, your way to Vegas listening to this right now because it is Friday. It is SummerSlam fucking weekend. We're on our way to Vegas. Scott's already in Vegas. I hope everyone's going to SummerSlam. And if you are, meet us after the show at the uh, Hazel. It's it's not called the Hazel Cafe, dude. It's called the Hazel Lounge. Oh, it's I'm a, sorry. It's a, No, no, but I, I thought it was that too. I'm, I'm not blaming you. The Hazel Lounge at Mandalay Bay, right after SummerSlam. It's the closest. It's like the, kind of the most walkable uh, casino. And uh, that's like the big main bar, like the big elevated one that's in all, you know, all the casinos kind of have that style of bar. We're going to be right there. Is it too classy and, um, for us, do you think? Um, too classy no. for okay dudes wearing no. drunk wrestling history shirts and probably shorts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cargo. I, I got new cargo shorts today, dude. I'm wearing them. Dude, nobody's yep. gotten a hand job in cargo shorts since Nam. <laughs> it's, it's very unbecoming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, so come hang out. 
you guys, the Hazel Lounge, right after SummerSlam, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like 20, 30 minutes after it's over, you know, however long it takes to walk there. Look for the dudes in the Drunk Wrestling History shirts and uh, come hang out. I was I wanted to buy a round of drinks for everybody who comes, but I was going to do that with the money I was going to make from working overtime today, but I didn't work overtime today because I thought we were going to start recording at 5.30. We didn't because uh, someone had to go out to dinner. So... You guys are going to be on your own for drinks, and uh, you can blame Scott for that. But um, it okay. is what it is. So instead of blaming the listeners for not buying shirts so we could buy them drinks, you're going <laughs> to pin it on me, dick. Yes, yes. All right, we're 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 like 11 minutes into this fucking episode. Let's just get started. Note, this is ridiculous. Note to self, don't wear Jesus cargo Christ. shorts to SummerSlam. <laughs> Only to Nom, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Let's get fucked up. That was, uh, did, was that your note, or did you have one more quick thing? Oops. <laughs> and that's the episode, folks. <laughs> I forgot to play that sound effect at the end. <laughs> Thank you, Scott, for reminding me. I I I spent like a bit of time coming up with that sound effect for the end of the Vegas thing, so I'll play it again. Come get fucked up. Alright. <laughs> this has devolved into a shit show already. We're not even fifteen minutes in. Jesus Christ. Or or even, or even <laughs> Uh, d- delve into the sh- what that word <laughs> got into the show. Um, yeah, if you didn't read the description still, of the episode, you have no idea what we're going to talk about. Still, uh, was that your note or anything else? No, no, go, that, uh, oh yeah, no, no, that was not my note actually. Okay. Um, oh Jesus Christ! No, nah, fuck the note. Just get started. I'll read that next time. You sure? Okay. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just want to make sure we're all covered. It's a, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one though next time. We are heading to the Golden Dome in Monaca, <laughs> Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh. This is going to be season four, episode one on Pacock of ECW, November to Remember, 1997. Here's a drunk fact. This would be the largest ECW crowd at the time to date. 4,634 extremists. Uh, bunched in uh, for an ECW show. Alright, uh, that would lead, in after that uh, intro, it would lead into our opening match. Chris Candido versus Tommy Rogers. So, Scott, I te- I watched this pay-per-view, pay-per-view before you did. I started watching it like a couple days before you. And I was like, dude, Chris Candido wrestles Tommy Rogers in the first match. And you were like shocked that it, Tommy Rogers was on the show. I see. I don't remember watching this pay per view when it aired, mm-hmm. so I had completely forgotten every single match on it. And when you mentioned Tommy Rogers, I was like, "What the fuck is he doing on an ECW show?" Like th- <laughs> this guy in the late '80s was yeah. one half of the Fantastics in the NWA slash WCW. Great tag team at the time, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a, a deal where either guy of the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton or Tommy Rogers really shined as, okay, one of these guys is going to make it. You know, you watch the Rockers, you're like, oh, Shawn Michaels is is clearly the star here. Right. When it came to Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers, you're like, they're pretty much stuck at the hip. They're going to be a tag team forever, like Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton. You know, that's just, that's that other guy defined the other guy. You told me that Tommy Rogers was wrestling a singles match against Candido. I'm like, what the fuck? Was, did somebody <laughs> drop out of the match? Was Heyman desperate for a, uh, just a name to bring in? Was Tommy Rogers hanging out and catering or something? Like, how did he get into this match? 
I think you ran into him on the subway on the way there or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Tommy Rogers was the guy. Like, I knew Tommy Rogers. I'm not sure I've ever seen one of his matches before this. But he's just, because I was not a WCW guy. You know, I wasn't an NWA guy. But, like, I was, you know, I was kind of aware of everyone. Well, um, I don't know that we reviewed a WCW pay-per-view that he was on that you would have watched. No, we watched. didn't. Okay. We didn't. No, no, no. I've, I, no, I, I mean, besides what we've reviewed, I don't think I've ever seen what, you know, just even watching, you know, I would watch once in a while, um, Saturday on TBS. Like if I was at a friend's house who had cable. Right. Um, you know, someone who was like lower middle class and could afford cable. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, I still don't think I ever saw one of his matches. Well, now you have. Now I have. And, and um, it was a complete fucking disaster. Well, I, you know what, though? You had mentioned that. You're like, dude, this match sucks. Joey Styles actually predict this, predicted this was going to be the match of the card, the yeah. entire card. Like, he thought this was going to be the match. Which, right. when I looked down the card later and saw that Great Sasuke was on the card, I'm like, well, that's kind of insulting to Great Sasuke. But regardless, I, I wait, don't... Wait, 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 wait. Great Sasuke was on the card? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the Just Incredible pre-show package. My bad. Oh, okay, okay. So, I I don't know that Joey Styles was particularly wrong. I actually didn't dislike the match as much as you did. I was right. expecting very, very little, and maybe that's what <laughs> helped it. Yeah. Is I was like, okay, the, Tommy Rogers looked halfway decent. And I think he made Candido look pretty good because... I don't know if I'm in the minority here. I was never a big Candido guy. Me either. You're not in the minority. Well, on this FaceTime call, you're not in the minority. Okay. So in our little group of three here, I guess we are the majority. But I was never a big Candido. A great mouthpiece. Like, he could talk a great game. But in the ring, aside from his top rope powerbomb, he didn't really do too much for me. And my mind wasn't really changed after this match. It was a decent opener, but in the history of ECW openers, I think this was what their third pay-per-view yes. that was like actually on pay-per-view that everybody mm-hmm. could watch. You go back to the first one, Barely Legal, and you had the Dudleys opening against the Eliminators. Killer my, match. Dude, that's still my favorite opening match of all time. It was unbelievable. And then you start off this one with Tommy Rogers versus Chris Candido. It's like, man... Your stock in opening matches dropped drastically. Just it, it didn't feel like a solid opener to me. Yeah, so you have you're totally right because there were boring chants during it. Yes, that's that's not a good way to start a show off. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And I was like, okay, you said Tommy Rogers looked good, but there were a few times where I was like, they're slowing down the match at a weird time, and I was like wondering if Tommy Rogers maybe he looked good, but he, was, he wasn't in ring shape. You know, I sort of questioned whether he was in shape or not. He did have and a little I, bit of a belly on him, more so than when I saw him in the 80s. He was a yeah, little I mean, less in shape. But you can have a belly and be in ring shape. You know, sure. like Bubba, Bubba, you know, you never were like, oh, Bubba's out of shape. Yeah, I think um, Kevin Owens is the perfect example of or, that. Oh, like, yeah, Kevin Owens. Like, you never see Kevin Owens, like, have to take a break. Exactly. Like, where he's clearly, you know, Kevin Owens is in ring shape. Yeah. But I wasn't sure about Tommy Rogers. And then... um they get to a superplex, which was a really good superplex. And the ref did like a really fast count. Right. Did you catch that? Yep. And I was like, I think the ref is trying to put this match out of its misery. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad, dude. You are so really? critical. Yeah. I really okay. didn't think it was that bad, dude. But like, okay. here's the thing. Like, you're presenting Tommy Rogers, who was one half of a, 
I don't want to call them a mediocre tag team. They were okay. They were decorated in the NWA. They were decorated in the UWF. But you, you don't want to call them medi- mediocre. You want I, to call them okay. They were, they were a little more than okay, right? They had some good runs. They were a good tag team. But did anybody think that one half of the triple threat was going to lose to one half of an 80s tag team? No. Exactly. It just, it wasn't one of those matches where you could suspend disbelief and be like, okay, Tommy Rogers has a shot in this one. Yeah. It, it was just never in doubt to me. Yeah. So eventually things get out of hand. And I guess they were like, it's a boring match. So send in Mr. Personality, Lance Storm. And then Mr. Personality, Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn. And yeah, they really like, ramped it up, didn't they? Yeah, I'm, I'm, exactly. And I'm like watching it and I'm like, what is this garbage? And I'm thinking like, <laughs> Did Heyman, was Heyman in the back and he called an audible? He's like, send in the charisma Maybe. vacuums. Yeah, <laughs> right. Send in the stars. Jerry Lynn and Lance Storm. <laughs> and I don't mean, I honestly don't mean to shit on Lance Storm. I've, anyone who listens to the show knows how much of a Lance Storm fan I am. But he's not the guy you sent out to heat the crowd up. Uh, no, especially in like 97 when he was still kind of, I guess you could call him like an underling in the triple threat. He was yeah. like, I think they called him a prospect. Right. And then Jerry Lynn, I don't believe, was yet having the matches with RVD that defined his career. So you're sending in two guys that were barely Mm mid-card. And that's going to heat up the opener of Tommy Rogers and Chris Candido. It was just a weird jumble of shit that was like, what is this? Yeah, and then what was really weird was, I think it was Jerry Lynn did like a dive over the top rope. Yeah. And And then the show faded to black, the way it would if it were like Raw going into a commercial. Yes. And then it faded right back in, and the referee was like, tag team match, playa. Yeah, it was like a Teddy Long moment before we had Teddy Long. Yeah, and it was like, but the timing of it was really weird. It was like, was there a commercial on this pay-per-view? Nor was there like an official decision. I would say that maybe they were just editing for time, unless it just got really slow slow paced there. Yeah, it was really weird. Or they fit in like uh, one of their merchandise ads. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, get the ECW shirt. Yeah, order the catalog. Yeah, it could have been that. Maybe it was that. Like, they fl- they flew that in during the pay-per-view. During the oh, match. it wouldn't surprise me. They're like 10 minutes in. Fucking plug the merch. Yeah. <laughs> We're broke, damn it. We got to pay Jerry Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> and Tracy Smothers. <laughs> right. And again, I'm with you, Eddie. It's no disrespect against Landstorm or Jerry Lynn. Absolutely not. I love not. Landstorm. Well, yeah, and I love Jerry Lynn. His matches against RVD were just some of the mm-hmm. best matches I've ever seen in my life. But at this yeah. point in 97, and the way that they ended the Not match, the too, there was, like, no official decision. It was just like, let's just make this a tag team match out of nowhere. And it was all kind of weird the way that they did it. It was. I it was just really didn't think weird. the ref would be the one to make that call. I would figure Paul E. would be the one to, like, jump on a microphone or even if the ref just said it, be like, according to my headpiece by Paul E. Dangerously, this is now a tag match. Go at it. Yeah. yeah, or like yeah. Todd Gordon comes down or something. Like or, bring or an yeah, official down to make this. Insane. Yeah, yeah. Todd Todd Gordon was at the pawn shop. Oh, good point. Good. Was point. that Todd Gordon that ran the pawn shop, or was that um the other guy? Uh, it was little Guido, oh. dude. <laughs> no, yeah, little Guido. Guido ran a pawn shop out of the trunk of his fucking Crown Vic, um, <laughs> like Earl Hebner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Hebner ran out of the back of a Dotson, though. <laughs> Good point. Um, 
So the finish was Candido hits a top rope power bomb on someone. Uh, Rogers makes a save. He hits Storm with an unprettier. Candido pins Rogers with the Northern Light suplex. And it was one of those things where it was like, big move, big move, big move, pin. And now I hate that. But at the time, I, sh- I, I definitely would have marked out for it. Because that's, you know what it is? That's what the Divas division started doing like 10 years ago. Where it was like a chain of moves and then a pin. Good and point. that's what the finish of this match reminded me of. But in 97... It would have been unique. So it was kind of cool, um, but I would hate it now. And if you're a fan of seeing Chris Candido in a thong, you'd love this match. Oh, well, Chris Candido got rolled up by, I forget who he got rolled up by. Uh, it was by Tommy Rogers, I believe. But Tommy Rogers rolled him up, and his trunks got pulled so far down. Dude, like the people in the first like three rows definitely saw balloons. Saw out. the black hole. They probably smelled his butthole. It was so close. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And drunk fact, that is the second butthole reference of the night. So, rule of three, we'll see if we can get there. <laughs> oh, we'll work on it. That's like barely a challenge, Adam. <laughs> We're still early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, next match. Speaking of butthole, here's more of this drink. <laughs> next match of the night would be Mikey Whipwreck taking on Just Incredible with the sexiest man on earth. Nope. Uh, but Jason, my first time seeing this guy, I thought I thought it was Buff Bagwell, but dude, <laughs> but apparently not. <laughs> dude, I completely forgot about Jason. You forgot about Jason? I forgot there was there was Jason. Oh, I was gonna say Jason got billed as the sexiest sexiest man alive. Obviously, right. they've never seen Adam. That's true. They're lost. See, you listeners think he's just a voice. Yeah. Wait till you meet him in person in Vegas. Well, you should have seen how sexy he was back in 97. Right. Yeah. Effing gorgeous. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was a sexy fucking 10 year old. (laughs) 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 Um, Mikey Whipwreck came out to a song that sounds like Beck. Did you hear his music? I didn't really pay too much attention to it, but was that his original music or is that some of that shit dub that WWE puts over stuff now? No, it was the pac- the Pacock music. It was the Pacock music. Okay. Yeah, but I was like, was the original song Beck? I don't know. I don't remember what his original music was. I don't recall. Yeah. Some of our ECW um, hardcore listeners are gonna know, but I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, tweet us. Let us know. Um, Mikey Whipwreck only had a knee pad on one leg. But it fell around his ankle. Hmm. Maybe he so couldn't I guess afford it was two. A win- what? He couldn't afford two. I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> Times are tough in ECW, dude. Right. Right. Well, Hammond. You know, Hammond wasn't paying people. Oh, right. You know. Right. Yeah. Poor he, Mikey. Yeah. Poor Mikey with one ankle pad. Yeah, and who knows? That could have been like an elbow pad. He had to fashion into one knee pad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we get into the match, and immediately I'm like, "This is better than the last match." Yeah, big moves from both guys to start. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're fucking each other up. Like, it's good. And I was like, damn, dude, Mikey Whipwreck was kind of better than I remembered. I sort of remember Mikey Whipwreck being the guy who wasn't really that good in the ring. He just had a personality that people liked. Well, he seemed to be like 97's version of the 123 kid. He was like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to call him like a lovable loser, but kind of like your underdog who would just score these upset wins. But he ended up mm-hmm. just like he kept winning. Like eventually, one, two, three, kid kind of stopped winning, and he became a heel. But like Mikey Whipwreck just kept winning. Like yeah. they kept putting him over. 
Right, right. Yeah, and there was a lot of good back and forth early on. My favorite part, I think, of the the first part of the match was Justin Incredible's throwing punches at Mikey Whipwreck, and he thumbs him in the eye d- between punches. Yes. Which is totally a net. That was such a dick move. Like, there's no reason to thumb a guy in the eye between punches. You thumb a guy in the eye when when, when you need to. Right. You yeah. know, like to turn things around. But I was like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that besides him in this match. Like, that was a complete fucking awesome heel move. No, it totally was, dude. Yeah, yeah was Justin great. was no joke in the late 90s. They mm-hmm. really built him up, and I think he did a great job of carrying the ball for ECW. He did. He really did. He had. He probably had the best name in the history of wrestling. Coming <laughs> yeah, <okay>. off <laughs> coming off of the worst name in the history of wrestling. <laughs> you didn't like Aldo Montoya? <laughs> no, I didn't like Aldo Montoya. I didn't like the Portuguese Man of War. <laughs> I like named the after a fish. I always thought he was named after the band. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, was he named after the fish? I think so. He was named after a Portuguese fish. Well, I don't think he was named after the band. <laughs> Money says no. Vince has no fucking idea who Man of War is. That's, yeah, if he were named after the band, he would have been fucking... He would have won every match. His name would have been Barry Manilow. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but yeah. the beginning of the match, you had mentioned how they did like those quick little video packages before the matches started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They showed Mikey Whipwreck defeating Steve Austin. Yes. And then they showed Justin Credible defeating the great Sasuke, which in right. 97 was a big deal. So they're, they're showing that both guys, which I thought was great on ECW's part... Both guys have a solid win record. They can pull off the upset. So when it went into this match, you really weren't sure who was going to win. Because they both were coming off big, big wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good talk. Yeah, good talk. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to pick it up from there and go into the finish of the match, but uh, sure. No, I... No, I mean, that's a really good observation. I just, I don't have anything to add. Oh, I see. Okay, well, I guess we could go into the finish. <laughs> um, well, Jason gets involved. Mikey hits the whippersnapper for the win, and that was Justin uh, Credible's first loss. Yes. Um, the, crowd, the crowd, for a large part of it, was fairly dead, except for one dude who was booing the entire time. <laughs> he but I thought it was it. A, But I thought it was a good match. I, I liked it. I, I did, know, too. I thought it was... Yeah, I thought it was a good match. It was not as good as um, Taka versus Aguila. I was just about to ask that. Good point. Okay, good. I didn't know if either because you I rem- remember that. I remembered because I think this might be our first pay-per-view that we're reviewing after uh, Mania 14. But yeah. yeah. Right. We're, we're always comparing the second match to Taka versus Aguila at 14. It's still the best. Still the best. Yeah. Yeah. We've only done one pay-per-view since then, so we'll see. Uh, my only observation at some point, Jason covers his face like the arrogant pretty boy that he was, but, but Mikey, uh, uh, Very pretty. hit, hit some, uh, other places, but God, what a handsome douchebag. All right. Also, this was the first dick punch of the evening. That's true. That's true. It That's was, true. it was a precursor to many dick punches later Good in the point. card. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. Um, so after we get Al Snow backstage, he's backstage in the locker down. room he's in the yeah he's backstage in the locker room with the BWO the BWO are like getting dressed um yeah thankfully Blue Meanie was facing the camera the entire time and wasn't wearing his shirt yes thankfully yeah yeah that was that was a good thing oh uh, yeah it was like I was looking in the mirror the whole time I'm like damn <laughs> that's hot yeah oh yeah 
Um, and Storm is yelling at Head. Was this the, was this the first time we ever saw Head? I don't believe so. No. Okay, because kind of the things he was saying to him, I I was like, or her was it him or her. Um, either one. It's whatever you okay. want it to yes. be. Well, the things he was saying to Head sort of sounded like it was the first time he had spoken with Head, but I wasn't sure. No, and and the thing with Head is it, it's just a mouth, right? It doesn't matter if it's man or woman. Right. It's, it's just it, a mouth. It It's the yeah, only part I, that's necessary. Yeah. All you need is a hole with a little bit of heat. A little wetness. <laughs> Good to go. Yeah. Like a crunch um, and then And then Joey Styles <laughs> tosses to a video that doesn't play. <laughs> and I was like, is that a Pacock issue or an ECW issue? <laughs> you know what? I don't remember the original airing of this. No, so I'm does. not really sure. There were these miscellaneous cuts that happened. Yeah. That would either go to like a State Farm commercial or some <laughs> random shit. Like, so I'm not really sure what was supposed Yoga to be Pants there. Yoga video? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much after these shenanigans. It's like a State Farm video with Ron Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You replace uh, Ron's. Uh, replace Chris Paul now with Ron Simmons. Uh, that'd be more great. people would get state, state Farm insurance. <laughs> yeah, dude, we're a guy. Damn! Damn! <laughs> Anyways, the next match would be next for the match. ECW World Television title. Taz is the champion entering. He's taking on Pitbull number two, accompanied by Pitbull number one and Mr. Wright. That sent probably lasted longer than the match um I don't think the world TV title makes sense unless the promotion has worldwide TV right right TV title I always thought was stupid or at least TV across the United States well no because then it would be like the American TV title (sighs) okay but ECW called their, their heavyweight title the world title yeah, but I and mean, they didn't they could, defend it in like fucking India. Yeah, yeah, but the idea of a TV title is you defend it on TV, right? So if you can't defend your title on Sumatra TV, that's not a world title, world television title. Okay, I see what you're saying. And I mean, like, I'm, I'm bringing the bar down very low. Like, you don't have to go there; you just have to have TV there. Well, sorry, I was taking a uh, sip of my drink. Shanna's ass. Right. I think that's what I'm going to call this one now. <laughs> She'll love Wait, it. Wait, what was in it again? So in case any of the listeners want to make Shannon's ass. It's a uh, gallon of raspberry lemonade. Doesn't matter the brand, I guess. We got it at Food Max. And some Bacardi white rum. That's, that's, <laughs> you don't have a better ratio than that? Like, no, it's to your taste. Everybody that's likes, a gallon of this, some of that. I'm not drinking a gallon of raspberry lemonade. Just, I, I, that's what I had in the fridge. A little bit so of this, a little bit of that. Okay. Tastes like ass. All right. <laughs> unless, you, unless you've tasted said ass, you don't know if it tastes right. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. It's flavor to your ass taste. It's the drink that gives you conjunctivitis. Shannon's going to listen to this show. <laughs> I know. She's going to be so embarrassed. On the plane to Las Vegas. <laughs> Oh my god. And I think with that statement, that is now longer than she's this on, match. She's, she's on the plane. She's on the plane next to you taking her headphones off and smacking you. <laughs> Who are we kidding? She doesn't listen to this garbage. 
<laughs> she has higher standards than that. Not much higher. <laughs> All right. Let's go, let's go to the next match. So did you notice that as soon as Paulie, because Paulie dangerously joined Joey Styles on commentary, tells yes. Styles that he's been watching too much Monday Night Raw, and mm-hmm. Styles replies, well, someone has to. The ratings are in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that's, in 97, that's actually a pretty good, that's, that's a good joke. It is. It really is. Joey, uh, he really had some zingers on WWF in this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, crowd is chanting, show come out. Big Taz fans in the crowd. Totally, totally. Uh, Paul E. calls Taz the most miserable son of a bitch in wrestling. He also says that Taz is... Uh, no, he says uh, Pitbull is a master of pinning his opponents. <laughs> which is exactly what you want to be as a wrestler. I a would master think so. of pinning your opponents, right? Yes. Yeah, there's but, no better skill you can have than pinning your opponents. Am I the only one that thought the Pitbulls were overrated? No, I did too. Okay, thank you. I'm glad we're in agreement here. They did zero for me. I remember the first pay-per-view... Barely legal that easy. Yeah. Well, it's the first pay-per-view in my mind. They had ones previous to March of 97. In my view, that's my first ECW. No, no, I always they call had it the first. No, no, they had super cards before that. Okay, they so they weren't pay-per-views. Pay-per-view. Okay. No, they, yeah, yeah. So but at that, the first, go ahead. Well, they had that, it was the Pipples had that match with the Dudleys. And it was a killer fuck. It was the Dudleys, right? Uh, I On Barely Legal, I remember it was uh, Pipple 1. Or nope. Pitbull 2. Uh, I think it was Pitbull 2 versus uh, Shane Douglas. Y- yes, thank you. It was Pitbull 2 versus Shane Douglas. Oh, garbage yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. That garbage. Was garbage. I hated it. Hated it. Did nothing for me. So I've just never been a big Pitbull guy. Yeah. And this match didn't I... do anything to change my mind. Well, it was a bullshit match. It was two minutes long. Um, Pitbull hits a powerbomb on Taz and the referee jumped like three feet. And you're like... I guess they're wrestling on a trampoline. Right. Um, and then Taz uh, locked in the Taz mission like two minutes into the match, tapped him out. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, it and was then, like some big moves from Pitbull. Taz took him to Suplex City, locks in the Taz mission, game over. Fast-paced start, yeah, and, escapes, yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. And, this, and this match was not about having a good match. It was about building Taz. Yeah, and, yeah. And this is exactly how you get over a guy that's five foot two. In a, <laughs> yeah, that's right, the genius yeah, of Paul Heyman. I'm telling you. Yeah, if you're, yeah, right. Yeah, Paul Heyman can make uh, someone shorter than Sasha Banks into a superstar, and he fucking did, dude. Look at Taz. Totally when he got it. to WWE, you're like, wow, he's small, dude. And when Taz showed up in AEW like last year, it was a big deal. You know, I mean, yes. Taz has had a fucking killer career, probably a way better career than he should have. And I think you're right. I think a lot of it was the way Heyman built him up early on. Yeah, I think it was maybe, and this isn't an insult to Taz at all, but I think maybe it was more Heyman and mm-hmm. the marketing and the gimmick he put behind Taz than it was actually Taz. I mean, Taz could have some good matches, right. but I think it was more the way that Paul Heyman pushed him. Definitely. That got him the yeah. WWE deal. That got sure- him the AEW later and Impact. I really think it all sparked off of Heyman because... This match right here shows exactly what Heyman could do for a guy that wasn't going to look great on TV when he got to the WWE, but damn it, in ECW, he's going to look like a million bucks. Totally. I think you're right. It was it was Heyman, and it was the booking. It sure as fuck wasn't that name. No, hell no. <laughs> you know? No way. He's a cartoon um, character? That's what you're naming him off of? Okay. Right. But right. it was his so, responsibility to make that name into something. Yes. And, yeah. And so he Pipple, did. Yeah. Pipple one comes out. He takes a suplex. Heyman calls Taz the best wrestler on TV, and I'm like, he's got big plans for this motherfucker. Yes, he does. 
And then who's at ringside after this? Brockus, of all people. <laughs> he of tough enough fame, but not quite yeah. yet. Yeah, exactly. So T- Taz starts talking shit. He calls uh, Brockus Lance Wright's boyfriend, <laughs> and he says that Vince sent him there. Um, and Lance Wright was like the guy who was running the uh, ECW faction, or the, the WWE faction at that point, with Furnace and LaFawn, and, and uh, I think RVD might have been involved with that a little bit. I think you're right. But this is when you had the where, where ECW was invading Raw, Raw was invading them back, and um, then Taz, <laughs> Taz starts talking shit to Brockus, and he tells him to get in the ring, and I'll show you, I'll show you the difference b- between getting cum drunk and punch drunk. And Unbelievable! I was, like, I was like, "This is, this is wrestling." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. This is wrestling in 1997. I was like, "Come drunk, like that's serious, man." I've, I've been drunk. I've never been come drunk. Unless hey, wait till Vegas. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, unless, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless it means something other than what I think, you know. And I was like, "I don't think that it does, dude." Egg yeah, drop I, soup. And, yeah, I was like, <laughs> and I was like. Can one get cum drunk? Is that what happened to Rod Stewart? I don't know. Oh, like, I was I was shocked by this remark. <laughs> Rod Stewart, if you're listening, <laughs> Rod Stewart, if you listen to the show, if you're listening to this show, why? It, yeah, I, I hope that's not what happened to you. It sounds bad. <laughs> but if it did, please clear this up for us so we can understand what cum drunk meant. <laughs> yeah, cum drunk, cum drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have a soundbite for next year's little <laughs> intro to the show. Come drunk. Well, I was going to start working on that because um, we're recording again in September. Pull that soundbite, like, dude. Yeah, I think our I think our second anniversary show is going to be recorded in September. So yeah, I do have to have the intro for that. So come drunk. And and hey, you know what? To help out a little bit, listeners, if uh, there was a particular line or two that uh, stood out uh, during the season. Uh, just uh, DM uh, wrestling underscore drunk, and maybe that'll help Eddie out with the yes. editing Excellent. and the searching. Please, please. Yeah. Money yeah. says it's going to be something to do with Bukaki. <laughs> <laughs> I know our listeners. Oh, what a show! Pretty much, the security guard tries to separate the two. Taz says he doesn't need security, and then he punches the security guard, fucks him, and right chokes up. him out, and chokes him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and kind of the big takeaway for me was Brockus looked out of place in this, and he didn't even do anything. Right, he stood there and looked dumb, and yeah. then he walked away. Yeah, and then he went to Tahoe and OD'd. Oh, good for him. That guy can party. <laughs> yeah, right. Is he alive still? Uh, that's a good question. Adam, yeah. can we... On it. Thank you. Yeah, maybe he should have been on my superstars who weren't list. Or Spoiler. maybe he's a fan of the show. Spoiler, that episode's coming up soon. So after that, we get into um, I'll, I'll, the next match. I'll get to the next match and I'll uh, and then I'll look it up. But uh, the yeah, next the next one would be a four way dance for the ECW Tag Team Titles. The FBI are the champions entering, taking on the Dudley Boys, accompanied by Big Dick Dudley, Sign Guy Dudley, and Joel Gertner. I hope you liked that intro that I gave you earlier in the night. Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten. And uh, last team to enter would be the Gangstonators featuring John Kronos and the late New Jack. Well, Adam, you didn't announce Joel Gertner properly. His actual name is Joel. It's so big, it's hard to stop from hurting her, Gertner. Oh, that, that's right. 
<laughs> the man who last night impregnated your mother. No, no. I have the entire quote. Yep. 25 in 3 8 inches of the largest arms in the world attached to the creature that last night impregnated your mother, Big Dick Dudley. And he pointed the guy in the front row. He always, I loved when he did that. <laughs> Joe Gertner was so good, dude. He's in, he's in, he's still wearing the damn neck brace. The neck brace is like Bob Orton's cast. Right. right. Like, I don't remember him without the neck brace. Yeah. The neck brace has a hundred dollar bill on it. That <laughs> is shaped into a bow tie. <laughs> Which is as fucking badass as it gets. Pretty, dude, that's oh. going to be my costume for Vegas. I think when we go to the strip club. <laughs> dude, don't fucking tease me. I'm sorry. <laughs> If you're saying that, mean it, please. I mean, I'd love to go. Those strippers better be wearing fucking masks, though. <laughs> well, they will. They will. So why? I'm not talking about over their face, either. <laughs> oh. All right. Sometimes All they right. smell foul, dude. No, no, we're going to a classy joint, too. We're going to Rick's. Oh, good. Okay, see, I'm used to those fucking shitholes in San Francisco. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We're not going to uh, the Sapphire Club where strippers go to retire. Got uh, it. Were you always like, dude, are we by the bay? What the fuck was <laughs> No, we're not. Yeah. Um, so the match started before New Jack and Kronos came out and before they were announced. And I'm like, I thought they said this was a four-way, but there are only three teams. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Then here comes New Jack and Kronos and Natural Burn Killer starts, which is not Natural Burn Killers when you watch it on Pacock. Right. It's actually a pretty cool song. That's called The Ghetto. Yeah, The Ghetto. In the ghetto. In the ghetto. And can we also point out that Joel Gertner's introductions lasted longer than Taz's match? Yeah. Oh, yeah. by like triple. Yes. Yes. It yeah, was yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also want to point out that Big Dick Dudley's finishing move was called Total Penetration. Yeah, which is a great name. I, I'll never get over that. That might be the best combination of name <laughs> and finishing move ever. Yeah, Val Venus and the money shot's pretty good. It is, but it's not as good but as Val Big Venus Dick is kind of subtle. Big Dick Dudley. There's no subtlety to Big, Big Dick Dudley. And that's the beauty of ECW. Yeah. <laughs> We're not yeah. subtle. Yo, no, they're as subtle as a gorilla beating up a tricycle. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I'm watching it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, everybody's just hitting each other with shit. Natural Burn Killers is playing. Um, Joey Styles makes so many Big Dick jokes. That at one point he eventually says, can I possibly make more dick jokes? At, at which point I'm going, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> They're all funny. Which is, yeah, it was very Chandler, too, the way he said that. Can, can I, I make, make any more dick jokes? <laughs> <laughs> and that was relevant in 97. Just want to say totally, hello totally, to yeah, Nicole yeah. and Carissa really quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bubba does a, a goddamn plancha. Uh, okay. So which, I have a note here. Okay. Joey Style says... Did you see that fat bastard fly? <laughs> it's got to be the only time he's ever done that, right? <laughs> I think so, dude. I don't recall him doing that. And that match with the Eliminators at Barely Legal was insane. But Bubba never went over the top rope like that. But in this no, one, he's he like, it fuck it. No, he landed. He was like, fuck this. He just went for it, dude. I was like, holy shit. Joey Styles <laughs> calling him a fat yeah. bastard. He did hate the Dudley boys, though, to his credit. Yeah, yeah, Totally. Um, so Tommy Rich was part of FBI, but he wasn't in the match. He takes a guitar off the top rope and blades, and he sells it like he's been, like, electrocuted, maybe? Like, oh, dude, he looked like JFK. Yeah, I don't even... <laughs> he was a mess. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, his head was in like 3,000. Yeah, his head was a fine pink mist. <laughs> he was wearing the crimson mask. Yeah. Yeah, he was all fucked up the way he was selling it. And I'm like, dude, you're not even in the match. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, Kronos goes for something off the top rope and uh, onto Tommy. He gets hit with an Italian flag and falls into a Bubba Cutter and gets eliminated. Yeah, so the last guys to enter the match, like after everybody has already beat the shit out of each other, and they're the first ones gone. And music playing in their entire run in the match. <laughs> yes! And yeah. then the music stopped, and I was like, fuck, dude. Like, yeah, this this match sucks now. Yeah, the, I was I was into this match until the, the music stopped. Natural Break Killers is probably my fourth favorite rap song after like, three uh, digital underground songs. Yeah, I was going to say it would be Humpty Dance three times. <laughs> yeah. No, it would be Humpty Dance. It would be Sweet Un- Black Pussy. Oh, and Underwater Rhymes. And, um, yeah, maybe Underwater Rhymes. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> also, is, is it just me? Or, or Brass or... Monkey. Brass Monkey. <laughs> is it just me or, uh, like, while they were in the match, they started utilizing uh, the handheld camera that cameras uh, or the uh, that were ringside? It yeah. just felt more to your point of like the whole music video stuff. It felt like mm-hmm. a music video while they were in the match. Once they were yeah. eliminated, that was gone. Yeah, they <laughs> took away that element. You're right. Yeah, it was like Beavis and Butthead were watching the match. <laughs> Dude, did you see that part where Bubba fucking threw little Guido into the corner? Into the buckle? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He fucking like threw he, him like a press, dart. He press slammed him. Yeah, but instead of like drop, just like pressing and dropping him. He kind of like threw him into the turnbuckle head first. Right, right. I was like, holy shit, he could have broken it. And even Styles was like, could have broken his neck. And I was exactly thinking that. Yeah, right. And then he took an uh, inverted impaler DDT right after that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that they was gnarly. Right yeah, then we get a ref bump. And then Jeff Jones runs in. And I totally forgot about Jeff Jones, too. I did, too. Yeah, and he doesn't, uh, he doesn't count Guido out. So you're like, okay, now we got a crooked ref. Right, right. And then he starts making like the the, the chin gestures, like, fuck you. and Yeah, yeah, the 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 Bufa, well, I don't know the Italian thing. Bufa, what's that called? Well, I don't think it's Bufa. Bufa, <laughs> Buffa, I don't know, I don't know. I think Bufa is Portuguese for fart, and I don't think he would tell somebody that. Is that true? Yeah, that's what my grandma always called it, a Bufa. <laughs> <laughs> my, my grandpa uh, called it a barking spider. <laughs> Did you see that little barking spider oh. run across the floor? <laughs> yeah, he, he was Mexican. I guess that was a Mexican thing. Maybe. I've heard that one too, though. Which I would love to know how you say that in Spanish. Hmm. Adam? <laughs> <laughs> Don't have him look up ridiculous shit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, so you get the ref bump. Jeff Jones runs in. Doesn't count. Then he fast counts. Um, and FBI wins. Uh, well, remember the 3D got, or the Dudley boys got eliminated at some point. Oh yeah. Because Bubba got powder in the face. Yes. And he accidentally hit Devon with a 3D, which is ridiculous because he can't see, but he can hit Devon with 3D. And normally when there's powder involved in a show, I would make a cocaine joke. Yes. But see, I know my ECW history. They couldn't have afforded that much cocaine. So it was powder. It would have, it, no, it was meth. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It was poor man's cocaine. It was, <laughs> yeah, but it was like he's blinded, but he could still hit Devon with a 3D. It was like I guess he has like echolocation. Yes, exactly. He's got a little <laughs> radar for when a dude's in the air. It's like Eco the Dolphin. 
Scientists <laughs> developing sonar in Dudleyville. <laughs> also, at some point, Bubba used a cheese grater on somebody. That was gnarly. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. He loved it. He did. He loved it. He ate yeah. it. And then when the FBI won, they had killer disco music. Dude, I put that in my notes. It sounds like something out of Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, wasn't it? It was like disco. Yes. Right, which is like 20 years late, but it was it was awesome. And it I was, was like, fantastic. Yeah, and I was like, is there like a joke I don't know about Italians and disco? Hmm. Well, I guess Travolta was in Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, I joke? think that's maybe where they were going with it. Right, yeah, yeah. But it was yep. cool. I mean, it was good music. Also, this match... It did not make me miss unprotected chair shots at all. Oh, no, 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 no. They were pretty hot and heavy in this one. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And, you know, those are the things where, like, back then you'd watch it and you'd love it. But going back and watching it now, you're like, it's cringy. That shit don't age well. Yeah, some of them are hard to watch. Very hard to watch. This was a good... Yeah, you're right. This is a good example of that. Yep. That's why they're not around anymore, man. Just watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, so right after the match, you get a uh, RVD Tommy Dreamer pack video package, and Tommy Dreamer's music was so close to Man of the Box that I was like, they could probably get sued for it. It's pretty damn close. Yeah, right. It's like it's the same fucking song. And to show him coming in, like uh, et- like entering the building, like they're getting the candid uh, interview with him. Yes, claiming all of his injuries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, he's like that dude in clerks. I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> Just listen Fuck. off everything like side effects in a medicine commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I love that before when the yeah, match here starts. He is still. <laughs> I love when the match starts, Joey Styles claims he'll never work for the WWF. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Awkward. Like, <laughs> yeah, that didn't age well either. Yeah. Yeah. Yet he would be the guy that would say uh, at the one in Detroit, ECW is about to lose its WrestleMania virginity. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, also during the entrances, when uh, Beulah is coming out, who I um, always refer to as vomit because Beulah sounds like the noise that you make when you vomit. <laughs> um, when she's rocking to the ring, Joey Styles was like, oh my God. <laughs> Like, it was very pervy. He was, like, very Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well done, dude. Uh, I... <laughs> hey, just a disclaimer. Like, we're not a political podcast. Like, we don't get in- into things like that. But just don't grab tits. You're not supposed to grab. That's or, all. Or pussies. Or p- <laughs> Yeah. Don't touch things you're not supposed to touch. That's... It works on both sides. Yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. I was about. That's as, that's as political as we get over here. I, I would have figured, like, the better comparison... We can all touch Scott's ass, though. <laughs> better comparison would have been... In Brent, Vegas! Brent Musburger Vegas talking about AJ McCarron's girlfriend uh, back when he was playing with Alabama. Ooh. Oh. You mean the band Alabama? Oh, sorry. Sports reference went right over your heads. Sports! sports. Got it. Now, <laughs> NVM! So Dreamer's got that broken foot gimmick, right? Like the thing, what's that called? Like a soft foot? He's wearing like a walking boot. Yeah. Walking boot, walking boot. Soft cast, soft cast? Yeah, it's like a, yeah, exactly. Like soft cast. Soft cast, walking boot, foot, foot boot gimmick. Yeah. Right. Snisky loved it. Boots. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this is when RVD's doing the, the WWE gimmick. Like I'm going to the WWE, I'm Mr. Monday Night. 
and the ECW crowd hates this motherfucker. It's oh, dude, like low, like this was legit heat. Yeah, like he he has heel skills. The crowd fucking hated hates. him. And then you've got Alfonso egging him on, wearing a fucking raw hat, carrying yeah. the WWF flag, <laughs> and being like, his annoying self with the whistle. This is like being like in '97, like a modern day communist. Like, equating it back to the 80s, dude. He was like a modern-day Nikolai Volkov or Iron Sheik. Like, the crowd fucking hated him. Totally, And was completely buying into it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he'd been on Raw, so they... You're exactly right. They were buying into it. Like, they believed it. Like, this shit was real, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah, like, they took this seriously. They were like, no, fuck you. You have been on Raw. Vince McMahon is bringing you in. Fuck you, Rob Van Dam. And fuck you, Bill Alvonso. Which is hilarious because WCW did this with Nash and Hall. And WWF just started doing it with ECW. And the crowd totally took it as real again. Yeah, totally. Marks. (laughs) (laughs) They fell for it again. Yeah, so they they both end up outside the ring. And Fonzie starts yelling his advice for RVD at the camera. And I was like, what a shitty manager. He's yelling Rob Van Dam's advice directly at the camera. Right. Yeah, and like then, um, somebody from the audience is going to call in and call into Polly's uh, cell phone and he'll run the message to RVD. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, the Dreamer gets crotched. Dreamer gets crotched on the barricade. How the fuck do you crotch yourself on the barricade? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the skills. I guess so. Like I can't. If you have a they body don't... that flexible and that could fly around, accidents happen, I guess. I guess. I mean, it was incredible. And then RVD hits him with a um, a uh, Van Damater on the barricade. Like, that yep. shit was crazy, dude. Yep. And then Dreamer um, hits uh, RVD with a chair shot, unprotected, busts him open above his eye. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. So he's busted open. Then he goes, RVD, like, turns it around. He hits all the classics. Like, all the classic RVD moves. The Rolling Thunder, you know, the Split, split like a Mood Salt. And he smiles the whole time. Yeah, and like I was a total like, asshole. Yeah, like a complete dick. And I was like, remember when RVD had personality? <laughs> and that was exactly what he said at that uh, that promo at uh, One Night Stand. Wait, what did he say? He said he said something along the lines of, remember when Rob Van Dam had a personality? Ah. Because when he got brought into WWE, he was just like the good worker. He was never like the... You know what I mean? He wasn't like fancy. He wasn't a personality guy. Yeah. So he made that remark, and when I was watching this match and seeing him smile through the whole thing, I was like, yeah, that's what he meant, you know? And you had to hate that as a fan, too. Like, if you're really one of those guys buying into the whole ECW versus WWF thing, and you've got this guy that clearly is your most talented on the roster, and he's smiling while beating the shit out of your ECW hero, oh Mm -hmm. my, like, dude, there were chance of get the fuck out. Directed at RVD. There were chants directed towards Tommy Dreamer to break his back towards right. RVD. Like, dude, it was just... The RVD had the crowd eating out of his hand, and it was phenomenal. Yeah. He's... He might be... He might actually be the most underrated guy of the last 20 years. I would think so. I would... Yeah. I mean, a lot of people thought highly of him, but it was beyond his ring work. Like, he could really have you buying into whatever character he was playing in the ring. Whether it was the yeah. happy-go-lucky yeah. stoner, the guy with totally. personality, as you're talking about, with the heel just working the crowd. Like, he was so good, dude. Right. Totally. 
So, Fonzie ends up wiping out the referee. Then you get two more referees run in, which is weird. And Jeff Jones runs in, too, at the same time, right? Yeah, so you have three referees in the ring now. You have three referees in the ring. And at this point, I'm looking at two of the referees, and I'm like, I think there are two John Finnegans. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go with the Hebner gimmick again. Yes, like the Hebner twins. These two John Finnegans look exactly fucking alike. This is weird. I think the proper (laughs) term... plastic surgery to look like Finnegan. The proper term would be John Finneguy. So, So if you have a ring full of Finneguy, then there you go. (laughs) So at this point, the match just falls apart and it becomes about Jeff Jones. You know what I mean? It's not about the two wrestlers in the ring anymore. It's about getting him over. And the crowd loves it, though. And I'm like, eh. Yeah. Um, it became yeah, exhausting. So you get because two of, referees yeah. do a double TDT, double TDT, vomit, dick kicks them from behind, if I'm remembering right. Uh, Yes. And then... Fonzie fucking dick kick someone. So, okay, so Jones broke up. There were repeated pin attempts by uh, Tommy Dreamer. And no counts. Okay. Beulah kicked Jeff Jones in the dick. Then the referees double DDT him. Alfonso double dick punches the refs. That's what it was. Then Beulah dick punches Alfonso. Yeah. And now we start with more repeated tim- pin attempts by Dreamer. Beulah is the ref all of a sudden. RVD keeps kicking out. And then here come Furnace and LaFon. Yeah, and while Beulah's counting, we get a nice ass chant. Yes, because, you know, and it's a classy crowd. Because the, yeah. But also, well, they've it's, been it's, presented it's with a nice man. ass. Yeah. Suddenly. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's true. I've been in Pennsylvania. I, just, I know what goes on there. <laughs> um, Yeah, Furnace and LaFon, of all people, though, like, if you want to, like... Send WWE's best? Why the fuck did you send first LaFon? Dude. I mean, maybe you know they I mean? were good in the ring. But they were great in the ring. Oh, man. But talk about just dry. They were just like, bleh. They were like... If I could describe Furnace and LaFon in a sound, it would be Beulah. Yeah, you know I mean, they were just—they were fun. They were cool. They were cool, but they were like boring, just boring dudes. It was and like were... two Lance Storms when he could be serious for a moment. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like talented, but oh man. Right. Yeah, it was like it, yeah, it was like if they sent Bobby Lashley twice. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bobby, we need you to go to Pennsylvania and show off all your charisma. Yeah, <laughs> and take your clone. Yeah. <laughs> And then here comes Stevie Richards out of nowhere. Right. And I wish I had done maybe a little more research to see if Stevie had already been in WCW. And I think he had, if I'm not mistaken, had already been in ECW and came back because the crowd was chanting, welcome back. Right. So I think he had gone to WCW and had come back to ECW. And this was his first appearance since coming back. I, I'm, I might be corrected on that by our super hardcore ECW guys, but I think yeah. that's what went down. And then everybody jumps Dreamer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it turned into a big fucking mess, right? Well, yeah, because RVD, it's a frog splash. All three guys count to three, but none of the refs counted to three, but suddenly it's official because Sandman music starts to play. 
Right. So that was okay, and it became an official finish? Yeah, and it was planned for a long time, and he's walking to the ring, and he's like, you, I think Joey Siles was saying Sandman's injured. He was, like, fucked up. And well, of course he, he was like, fucked up. He was the Sandman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's doing, he's doing the whole Sandman thing. He's smashing the beers on his head. Um, and I'm like, I'm watching him, I'm like, man, he's smashing Budweiser's on his head. Paul could have paid him a little more than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Even in 97, there were better beers than Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. And he goes to the front row and he spits the beer all over a couple guys in Steelers jerseys. Those dudes, that was the, I think, um... I think their I think their pants were come drunk after that. They were so excited about that. <laughs> they loved it. But I'm watching it and I don't know why I never thought about it till this show. But on this show, it might have been something to do with the way they shot it. But I was like, man, Sandman, he's coming out to the whole entire inner Sandman song. Yes. And I was like, unless you're in the first couple, like first three rows, I bet this gets boring. Probably. You know what I mean? Like, on TV, it's cool, but I bet if you're in the live crowd, it probably would actually get kind of, like, eh. Like, it's long. You know what I mean? Inner Sam is like a five-minute fucking song. Yeah, and he's just kind of walking around ringside, like, looking Not at doing people. Anything. And, yeah, yeah, just smoking and drinking. and Yeah, and I was like, maybe he should have come out to a different song. Nothing taunting. Um, like, yeah. a, like, maybe he could have come out to, a, like, a Slayer song that would have been way shorter. Well, and the funny he, thing is, is like his buddy's getting the shit beat out of him, and he's just kind of walking around, smoking and drinking, and smiling at the time. crowd, Take, taking his time. Right, right. And he could have rescued his friends quicker if he had like come out to like a Slayer song that was shorter. Yeah, um, exactly. So, did you happen to notice the sign that was at ringside when Sandman was kind of just walking around, and there was like maybe a ten-year-old kid at ringside <laughs> holding a, a sign that had W. And it was three lines on the sign. Hi, it was bolded the WWF, but like each I saw line it, stood but... for something. Yeah. No. What did it say? This ten-year-old kid, and honestly, because of the hair, I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl. Honestly, I had I have no idea. It was <laughs> women, wimps, and a word beginning with F that is derogatory towards the gay community. I saw that sign. That was- Damn. That was a, like a 10-year-old kid holding that sign with his dad standing right next to him or her, clearly with no issue. He was probably like, kid, hold this sign for me while I fucking high-five Sandman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, super classy crowd. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Well, 97 Pittsburgh. Let's. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. try to separate no, I, a little I bit. Did, I did see that, and I didn't write it down because I don't want to talk about it. Thank embarrassing. For, thank you for writing it down. Yes. Um, yeah, no, that was that was 1997. And that was ECW crowd in 1997. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the match gets started. Sam By the way, this is a ring. tables and ladders match. Yes. Yeah, which is like, isn't every ECW match that? Yeah, I didn't know you had to like signify it with Practically. this is that match. It just, every match could have been that match. Right. Joey kept saying know- there could be some disqualifications Really? After everything that's been going on, <laughs> suddenly well, honest, there's a possible I, line drawing here? I didn't even know it was a match. When Sandman came out, I was just like, oh, Sandman's coming to the ring. I thought he was coming to make the save. Yeah, me too. It wasn't... Um, yeah. But then it's like it wasn't a proper a transition. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like 
Signal Smash, Playa. Because kind of like the tag match. Because Sabu uh, interf- or did a run in on the last one, and it's like, oh, he happened to be the guy for the next one. Sure, yeah. go at it. That's so as the match is starting, Sandman climbs the ladder on the outside of the ring for no reason at all. Salute and the crowd. Sa- yeah. <laughs> and Sabu hits a dive through the ropes on him. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then I took a nap. Oh, so, okay, so you don't have many notes on this match either? No, I have a lot of notes, but uh, I took a nap at that point. Oh. Okay, so after, after the attack on the ladder, you're like, fuck it, I'm going to sleep for a little bit. I was tired, yeah. Okay. You paused the match, though. Yes, well, no, and I, I rewound it. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, because yeah. I, I took a shit one time during, I forget which ECW match it was. <laughs> Might have been a Chris Candido match. And I, I literally came back, I had no notes on it. Yeah, yeah, I know. You just you, you, yeah, you put that match on on your pain all mind list. Okay, <laughs> I'll go over my notes for this match then. It was oh please. Just as it progressed, the tables and ladders were just used as general weapons. Just uh, there was one spot where Sandman just grabbed a ladder with one hand, had a running start, and just flung it at Sabu outside of the ring, which he is like slam dunked awesome. it on his head. That. That's the right ones. If he was able to do the Michael Jordan uh, hand change with his tongue out, then that would yeah, have been Yeah, he posterized awesome. Sabu. Exactly. Uh, same thing with uh, same thing with Sabu. Just, yeah, let's fling ladders at each other. But progressively, as the match would go on, it's like they're just, they're just uh, exhausted. It's the throws of each table and ladder just got lazier and lazier. So, yes. well, to, but it gave the sense point, to, that it was a fight going on, and they really were wiped out. Yeah, to your point about them being exhausted, like Sandman was definitely out of shape. Oh, yeah. You know it what I mean? He, like he would it. like hit. He'd hit two moves, and he'd spend the next four minutes catching his breath. <laughs> um, at one point, he put Sabu like he set a table up. Well, he didn't set it up. The security guy set it up where the table like went from the apron to the uh, barricade and he yeah. put Sabu on it and he went on the top rope and like, I think he did a flip. He flipped. He missed him. Yeah. Sabu didn't move. He just fucking missed. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. yeah I, I actually didn't take And that many... was the best part of this pay-per-view, if you ask me. <laughs> well, you know, this match was crazy because there was so much shit going on. I just, I stopped taking notes. And just watched right. it. And so if you're going to go back and watch this, just watch that match. It's, I mean, it's something. It's garbage. It's fucking garbage. It, it really kind of is. Like Adam said, a lot of the moves are sloppy. Sabu does that thing where after every single move he does, somehow he's hurt his knee or his yeah. arm or his stomach. Like he's selling an injury after he's every like me single. work. Dude, he's like me getting out of bed. Like, there's always an injury of some type. I'm limping. Like, it's it's insane. Even if he and hits the move, the spot with uh, using the chair to jump onto a turnbuckle and then hitting it, yet he's still wiping out himself. Yeah. It was repetitive. Yeah. It, yeah. Very much so. Very much so. It was. So. It was just like spot, 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 spot. And I was like, I feel like I'm watching fucking Jackass. <laughs> you know they're just doing stunts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're all exactly. La- Hi, I'm Sabu. Welcome to Jackass. I, I call this, this is triple jump moonsault. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> yeah, 
it ends up going to i mean it gets to the finish and it's like an atomic arabian face buster with the ladder for the pin and i uh, the main thing I wrote in my notes is this match went way too long. Maybe Sandman should have just beat people up like New Jack. I, you know, I, I think that would have served him better. It might have been a better role for him. Like, don't have a serious match. Just go out there and fuck fools up. Yeah, because that's all we wanted to see. We wanted to see your entrance, and we wanted to see you like miss hitting someone with a leg drop or something. <laughs> well, dude, right before the finish, Sabu gets to the top rope, and you think he's going to throw a drop kick. It ends up being like a fucking Liu Kang kick from Mortal Kombat. He sticks Sandman right in the face, dude. Can we just can we just say right now, as great as Sabu was, he sucked. I was never a big Sabu fan. I was a big Sabu fan. Like I love Sabu, and I didn't care that he was sloppy, and I still don't care that he's sloppy, and I'm still a Sabu fan. But Sabu sucked. He sucked I, at wrestling. He, just, he put himself hmm. in danger so many times. And, like, I guess that's the draw and why people loved him so much. But yeah. I just, oh man, I, I don't know. Like, no, it, I mean, it makes sense. I would say people will claim that he's a great wrestler. On the flip side, you might just be able to say he found, he found his chances to survive in the ring. He was a great yeah. ECW that performer. Well, that's the right term. Right. Yeah. Totally. And in both of their defenses, I think they're both great. I think they should both be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I think they both both drew a lot of money, and they were really good at what they did. Yes, in ECW. But if you want to yes. talk about, but if you want to talk about being good at wrestling, neither of them were that. Well, there's a know? reason that neither guy made it in and WCW that's fine. Or, that's fine. or WCW, right? Like yeah. they were custom made for ECW, and if you were to do a Mount Rushmore of ECW. I would imagine both these guys would be on there. It would probably be with Dreamer Absolutely. and Raven. You could even argue RVD on there, but Sandman, and Sabu, Jason. and Jason. <laughs> yeah, um, Those guys are just absolute icons in ECW. Respect what they did for the promotion, but as far mm. as going back and watching their matches, uh, I, not for it's me. A, it's a rose-colored glasses situation, right? You know what? Going back and watching it, I really think that it is. Like, back in the in the late 90s, a lot of times I would look forward to their matches. But really, Sandman, once you got past the entrance, yeah, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of his in-ring work. And now that I've gone back and watched more Sabu stuff, I'm like, man. it just it, To me, it doesn't stand up. But again, that that's just my opinion. But I totally get why a lot of guys and gals right. love Sandman yeah. and love Sabu. They're, they're one dick ponies. <laughs> right. Told you we should have gone to the donkey show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after the match, uh, we get Taz so, interrupting Joey Styles to cut a promo. Yeah, he was trying and to I get Taz uh, has like, yeah, how to mail a, for the catalog, but Taz is PO'd, shows up. Yeah. Well, was Taz's lip swole or something? He's it like, sounded oh, like it. Or he had a stroke between the match and this or something. Oh, shit. Or Paul E. was like, hey, go try a speech impediment like Bubba. <laughs> yeah. You'll be Taz Dudley next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, do, go, do your, go do your best Cody Rhodes impression. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Cody, if you're listening. All right. So after that, we go into the main event. Uh, bu- really quick, before, before that... Uh, before the end of the match, Sabu pulled out a fork and stabbed the Sandman and poked him a few times. Oh, good That's point. That yeah, was, he did. Yeah. He did. That was out of the. He was a regular Abdullah the Butcher. 
That was very Madman from Detroit. <laughs> also, right. Also, really quick, uh, Bracus is still alive. Really? Wow. He must be at, so embarrassed. At least according to one source that I found. I could look okay. at another one to try to confirm that. And it, Who's this, Bracus' mom? <laughs> and... Uh, she loves him. Fart in Portuguese is pronounced pedar. 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 Or pedar. P-E-I-D-A-R. Whatever well, the to pronunciation our Portuguese is. Friend who, to our Portuguese friend who watches our, uh, listens to our podcast on YouTube, Pedar. You just told him fart? Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to say anything else in Portuguese. Also, I'm a big fan of your uh, most famous band from, from uh, Portugal, Moonspell. Thank you. All right. Not a huge fan of your Man of War, though. The fire one. <laughs> no, no. No, but we're big fans of the band Man of War. Yes, that's correct. They're the best band, dude. They're the best band. Right. Shattered Glass. All right, this leads us to the main event of the night. This is for the ECW heavyweight title. Bam Bam so Bigelow is the champion entering, taking on the franchise Shane Douglas with Francine. Hated it. <laughs> Okay, um, there, we have that going in there. Uh, the, Shane Douglas the is guy. from Pittsburgh. Crowd is behind him. Joey Styles says he's despised everywhere else, which makes sense. Your hometown uh, move. Yeah. There's kind of a Bret Hart Canada situation. Oh, yeah, huh? Except, hey, you know, Bret Hart not can go. Yo, not really, though, because there is no painting of Shane Douglas and Pramati Brothers. That's true. Ooh. Right, and if you're a Pittsburgh, if you're a son of Pittsburgh, and your painting is not in Primati Brothers, you're a fucking clown, fool. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, good. that's all, man. So maybe Shane is making sandwiches at Primati Brothers. Mr. Rogers <laughs> is also painted on the wall there. I see. Yeah, no, no, Shane Douglas, I assume, is driving a, a Uber around uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Possibly. Possibly. Dude, would that be awesome if the next time I go to Pittsburgh, or like I get an Uber and Shane Douglas picks me up? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Your driver be, Shane is approaching. That'll be <laughs> that'll be even cooler when my app says your driver Jesus is approaching. <laughs> or that time in uh, his Jeff cross Jarrett, country. Yeah, or that time Jeff Jarrett approached and asked me for directions. Yeah. The famous moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I. My favorite part of this match was the security guys wearing fanny packs. <laughs> Literally, my favorite part of this match was that. And my second favorite match is second favorite part of the match was they did a lockup at the beginning and Bam Bam pushed Shane Douglas all the way out of the ring, which that was fucking domination. You know what I mean? That was dick flexing. That was great. Other than that, fuck this match. The match sucks. So did you laugh at all? When Joey Styles was going over the list of Shane Douglas's achievements, and he mentioned the Intercontinental Title, <laughs> I no, I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. In a in a minute, I'll get into why. No, please go into it because I kind of chuckled. Like the dude held the belt for what five minutes. <laughs> Joey Styles wanted to drop that into his resume, but okay. Why did you stop paying attention? Whoops, because I got bored. Honestly, yeah. So yeah. I was at work. So I'm at work. I've got the iPad playing on Pacock. You know, I, I went and found a hotspot and I put this match on um, yesterday. So today's Tuesday, the week before you're hearing this. Um, yesterday, Monday. 
I was like, okay, I'll put this on my iPad. So here are my notes during this match. Um, Bam Bam goes for a moonsault through the table. Shane catches and power bombs him through it and fires up. Well, warms up. Gets cut off again. What the fuck? 15 minutes into the match and Shane's on nothing. My Amazon order came. Cool. Oh, dog! the dog bed. We just ordered it last night. That's fast. Uh, maybe I should fast forward a bit. Candido's doing a run for no reason. I never thought I'd say Francina's the best part of a match. Something happened with crutches during this match. I don't know. I was texting Carissa. <laughs> what is this? What is this shit on my steering wheel? Fuck. It's only Monday. Can't wait to go bar hopping um, in the city on Friday, though. That's basically, basically, that's my notes for the match. Wow. And, and, and those are, those, I guarantee those are more interesting than the match. Here's the best part of your notes. You weren't drunk. No, it was a work, dude. That was like deep thoughts with Eddie Martin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. It, it. This was your traditional. And look, I, I want to do give Shane Douglas some credit. Because he really bumped his ass off the entire match. Like he did. Bigelow he did. looked like a monster. Douglas right. bumped his ass off for him. He played his role exactly as Paul Lee told him to. Sell, sell, sell. You're going to go 15 to 20. And you're going to hit a big move through a table. And you're going to win the title in front of your home crowd. But literally, 99% of this match was Shane Douglas just selling for Bam Bam. And I'll go on record and say this is Bam Bam's worst match by far. He totally, looked like a totally. monster from it. But he lost. There was no back and forth. The The main story was Douglas gets his ass kicked. Douglas pulls off the upset. Douglas gets the hero's welcome. And Bam Bam gets pretty much pushed back to the mid card. Yeah, it was complete garbage. It was. Um, I hated I'm it. watching it and I was like... I expect so much better for Bam Bam. Like, I know he's capable of better. And I was like, does Paul owe him money? <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. was he just like, what did he show up? Did he show up with like a couple thousand bucks owed to him? And he was like, well, fuck it then. I'll just show up and not do anything. Well, and the genius of Vince McMahon is he wouldn't do this in his main event. When he did this with Cena and Brock Lesnar, yeah. Brock Lesnar got the fucking win. And he was, that was your monster. Right, right. This here, Paul E. booked it as the main event, had Shane bump his ass off the entire match and then get the win in the, at the end off of really, like, one power move. It was like, man. It, it was I, like a lucky win. And I, I don't know if Shane came out of this as the face afterwards and he was, like, the big champion. And I, Honestly, it doesn't matter. If you're going to do a match like this in your main event and your monster is going to beat the shit out of the hometown hero, have the monster win. That makes your monster champion moving forward. And Bam Bam was the shit in 97, dude. Totally. And I I actually, I understand if this is the way they wanted to book that match. Don't put it on last. Exactly. Put it on second to last. Thank something you. Something like that. But it was a terrible, terrible way to end a show. You yeah. Know, it was just like yeah. a downer. You know, like the end of the show was just like, and the crowd was dead. The crowd hated it. And it was long. If you want to do this, do it like in four minutes. What was the match? Was it... um? Who the hell was it that beat Gold or beat Brock like in four or five minutes? But it was like a fluke win, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, Goldberg. No, that was like a. Minute. Yeah, I think it was Goldberg. Are you talking about like that minute long match? No, it was it was longer than that. No, I think I think Scott's oh right. Seth I think Rollins was... at WrestleMania. 
no, that's not the one I'm thinking of, but that's a, gr- a good example of the same thing. Uh, Drew McIntyre? Um, no, I don't know what the fuck it was. But it was just like, if you want to have a match where a guy gets a like quick win, have it be a quick match. You know, yeah. where a guy just like sneaks out a win. Rollins right. versus uh, Brock, perfect example. This match should have been like three minutes and uh, get a quick win and that's the end of it. Better match to finish this show, I think. The four-way dance, Gangstinators win. Or uh, Buell Accounting. Or that. Like Francine and Beulah doing alternating three counts. See who's better. <laughs> Beulah. They have to, or just that to Chris dive and jump for that pants three in count. the ring repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any finish would have been better than this. Yeah. It was the disaster. I couldn't finish. Um, so <laughs> here's what yeah. here's what I have. Uh, he Adam. just Shane Douglas just couldn't generate offense. He has moments mm-hmm. of uh, hitting Bam Bam, but he was always on his feet and always in control of his body. So uh, it just wasn't interesting. It is true that Bam Bam wanted uh, to hurt Shane Douglas, but he never went for the pinfall. Maybe got greedy, and uh, so he set up uh, that uh, chair and the table for the win, which didn't seem climactic. There was a sign in the crowd that said, uh, so this would uh, be taking place after uh, King of the Ring. Uh, where Austin won and the whole Austin 316. So now the references are all over. Somebody has a sign that says Francine 469. As in, <laughs> yeah. Keep it classy, Pittsburgh. That was, Keep it classy. That, that was the highlight of the match. <laughs> so just to wrap this up, what ultimately ended up happening is Shane Douglas kept the title. Yeah. Bigelow ended up going back into the triple threat with Shane Douglas and Chris Candido. Yes. And Bigelow faced Taz at the next pay-per-view in March. Which was fucking rad. It was. And we'll review it. That'll be our next ECW pay-per-view. And I am looking forward to reviewing that match. Maybe we should um, try to get to this by by the en- end of this year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely by December 31st. That one will be in the can. Very good. Very good. That'll be our Christmas present to you listeners. An extreme dick in the box. Present. Step one, you cut a hole in the box. Step two, <laughs> Adam knows. Adam put knows. That junk in the box. <laughs> Step three. So my last, my last, my final notes on this pay per view. Better than Hardcore Heaven, but it wasn't great. Best match was probably just incredible. Michael Whitbrook. Taz match was kind of cool. I wish Tracy Smothers would have danced. Yeah. <laughs> the best part of the entire show was Joel Gertner, and why? Was the BWA backstage getting ready? So we could see Blue Meanie without a shirt on. Good answer. They they must have done some, like, crowd hype in between matches that weren't shown. I assume. Dude, we've gone, like, over an hour on this show. What happened to the fucking 45-minute timer? Dude, I didn't set the timer because you guys were like, fuck, I'll show up and record when I want to. Oh, Dude, I was ready to record... I was, yeah, I was ready to record at 6 fucking 30, and I was totally expecting to be done at like 7.30, and then you were like, dude, you fools were ready at 7.30, and I was like, well, fuck them then. I'm not setting a timer. Oh, so you were punishing us by making us go longer than 45 minutes. No, I wasn't punishing you. I was just like, fuck them. Spank me, daddy. 
Punish me. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, 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 you know what? We'll be in Vegas in two weeks, and I will be there to spank you. I'll get you cum drunk. All right, let's take this home, Adam. Unless the bouncers uh, start uh, questioning what the hell's going on here. All right. That is, uh, that's our review of ECW November to Remember from 1997. But, and uh, as a reminder, this is Season 4, Episode 1 on Pacock. if you want to check out this pay-per-view. What did you think of uh, this pay-per-view? What did you think of our show? Please let us know on the social media platforms. Leave us reviews and stars on the podcast platforms so that way we can know how to keep this drunken wrestling adventure afloat for all of you uh that said with scott and with eddie i'm adam reminding you to follow common sense safety measures enjoy buzz watch wrestling responsibly drink like nobody is watching we will see you next time for another great episode of drunk wrestling history sorry but no, you're not. But that is going to be so much fun if we see you in Vegas. Remember, hit us up there at uh, at Mandalay Bay. We'll uh, have a drink and uh, as well as a good time. Yeah. That's our show. One, two, three. Ring it. See y'all. Right. Come get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs>